Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Conversations with Crystal. Today, our special guest is a fabulous musician, songwriter, recording artist, and rock and roll star. And his name is Sean McCarthy. Welcome to the program, Sean. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Always good. Oh, that's great. Look, I'm really excited to speak with you uh, today. You know, you've got a new album out, I believe, and we'll get to that shortly. But I've got a few things, you know, I think our listeners might like to get to know you a little bit, and I certainly would. Uh, so if you're fine with that, we'll just dive straight into it. Yep, sounds like a plan. Excellent. All right, so I'd be very interested to know who or what was your earliest musical influence or an inspiration for you? Well, growing up, you know, like the radio was always on. You know, mum had the radio going all, on all the time. And But I suppose the first time I heard Pink Floyd, because um, mum got me uh, a copy of The Wall, I think. And then, of course, ACDC was the, all the rage at high school. Um, so both those bands played heavily. Um as an influence, then the angels came along and then it pretty much opened up after that, you know, um, lots and lots of other things. Deep Purple had a big impact, Led Zeppelin, of course, Jeffro Toll. So, yeah, and then currently, you know, I, I'll listen to every, just about anything from country to classical music. Um, as far as influences go with my songwriting, probably my partner um, has influenced me um, in the direction of my writing because I I was writing about um, bad experiences with people in the past, but my partner and I have had so many good experiences over the last decade, it, that's inspired a lot of songs. Wow, that's great. And what's your yeah. partner's name? Let's give her a little shout out, shall we? Yeah, Deborah. Deborah. Oh, I think Deborah's a lucky lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll tell you that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Pink Floyd off the wall, that was just a fabulous album and quite groundbreaking, I believe, for the time. Yeah. You yeah. know, I remember listening to them as well. I never saw the Angels live, did you? Um I saw them, but I don't really remember them. <laughs> I, I was quite inebriated. So back when I was I was living in Wagga at the time. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I at, fabulous. I was at a club. Yeah. It's, it's funny. The first time I saw um, Angry Anderson on stage, we were at a hotel and it was 3 o'clock in the morning and we were all expecting to get told last drinks. Went to the bar to see if we could get one, and I ordered a handful of schooners, and and the girl just served me, and I thought, what's going on here? And then just as I sat down, the curtains opened up, and Angry Anderson and boys walked out and started playing, and it was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, fabulous! Uh, I've met Angry, and he, it's just he's just a fabulous uh, performer. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. And a, and a great uh, icon of Australian music. Yeah, couldn't agree more with you. Yeah. yeah. So, Sean, uh, 
how did you get your start in bands and playing music live? Oh, I, as I said, I, I when I started writing, it was uh, uh, from a position of pain, um, and I. I bought a guitar off Stan Mobs. Um, he was the bass guitarist of Four Day Riders, and he owned the guitar factory at Parramatta. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, and I, I because I'm left-handed, it never occurred to me to look for a left-handed guitar. Oh. So, you know, as a kid, I'd learned harmonic. I'd been given a harmonica, and then. It's at high school, one of the guys tried to teach me to play drums, but yeah, Stan introduced me to a right-hand guitar, and from there, it was just a matter of um, once I realised that I could now play it, because I'd tried and tried and tried to play right-handed instruments, and it just hadn't worked. No. Um, I started writing, and then you're going to jam nights, and then a mate of mine and I landed a, a gig um, I think it was the Cat and Fiddle in Balmain. Oh, yes, yes. So we went down and did, consequently, a few shows down there as a duo, electric duo, and then a bass guitarist joined and then a drummer joined and it's just it's done the whole... I know it's um, a cliche, but it was like a snowball going down a mountain. Off it oh, went. that's fabulous. And have you always been called Red Whiskey? No, 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 no. The the first band was um, Stimulus. Stimulus, yeah. Yeah, Stimulus with a T on the end. Just okay. trying to play with words and 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 emotions and that sort of thing. So, um, they went for three or four years. Um, the lead guitarist was um, an amazing guitarist called Ray Fowlson. I know Ray. He's wonderful. Yes. Yeah, he just awesome guitarist. Wonderful fella. If you've seen any of his artwork too, you'll know what an inspiring artist he is. So, I have actually. He's done a caricature, is it, of me? Caricature, yeah, caricature. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. And I, I've seen a lot of his uh, drawings that he posts on Facebook and he's quite, quite talented, yes. Yeah. And a talented yeah. musician as well, yes. Yeah, I, I owe him a debt. The man, he, you know, I had some wonderful shows with him. We travelled quite a distance, you know. We had some residencies at different hotels, and but he just, yeah, great guitarist. And I think at one stage Ray was in, um, he'd been offered the lead guitar work with Hush. Truly, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, well, if you ask him, he'll he'll explain it to you. But I think his university commitment stopped him from taking the position. So, but yeah, that's how good a guitarist he was. So. Oh, mm. that's fabulous. So it just snowballed from there. Different players joined you. And so from Stimulus, um, yeah. did it become another band after that? or Stimulus, we, we pulled the pin on Stimulus. I, I think it had gone as far as it could. And Ray and I then created a, a band called Down Thunder, which 15 years later is still going. Wow. Um, unfortunately, Ray's not with us um, now, but uh, there's a guy called Rod Thane playing lead guitar for, for um, Down Thunder now. But it, um, Stimulus was originally our, our original songs. 
Cool. Whereas cool. whereas Down Thunder's an Aussie rock tribute, so it's it's covers. Yep. So and Stimulus did go down that road as well, turned into a, a cover band. But um, after taking a break from Stimulus for a while, I still wanted to be able to do the original songs. And when I when I rebranded it, Ray um, had some personal reasons why he didn't want to be involved with. Um, a band with a name that suggested alcohol and so I respected that and uh, yeah you know it was unfortunate because I really liked playing with Ray and um, yeah so Red Whiskey was born and that's been going in December this year that'll be 10 years. Oh congratulations that's that is fabulous that really is fabulous yeah and in those 10 years how many songs would you say you've written? Wow, I, yeah, mm. I'd say around a hundred. Oh, that's fabulous! That is really um, excellent. A lot of them, well, I'd say probably a bit more than a hundred. It's probably around 120, 130. Uh, not all of those songs ever see the light of day. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was flicking through um, one of the first um, folders of songs that I had the other day, and I couldn't remember half of what I'd written so um, I couldn't remember the melodies of some of the songs that I'd written because I, I never recorded them so yeah um, and, and you then, didn't have an eight track no no um, actually Ray recorded a lot of the stuff we did live um, I've got CDs files of CDs that Ray did for me so I have got a record of a lot of the songs that we did do um, but yeah there's a lot that never got never saw the light of day and yeah. Well, was... who, who knows? In the future, you might revisit those lyrics and put new music to them. Yeah, well, that that's the plan. <laughs> in inverted commas, he says. Yep. So, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, I look at the moment. I'm sort of focusing on moving forward, and you know, those songs were what they were, and and, and they'll probably stay where they are. You know, maybe when I look back through and there, there might be a line in one of them that I'm like, oh, yeah, I can, I'll pinch that and use that in another song. But yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So can you tell me a funny story from your early days uh, in your first band and or the duo or whenever, a funny story from a gig maybe? Look, things that happen on the road. <laughs> Stay on the road? <laughs> Yeah, um, there's, you know, my yeah, there's a lot of different. I guess one of the things that comes to mind is we had a, a lead singer for one of the bands who was it was quite an entertaining gentleman, um, and he's he's a good mate, so I won't name him, but he was holding court at the end of a gig one night, and the lead guitarist in the band was sitting behind him, and it. To all, to all accounts and purposes, it looked like the lead guitarist had gone to sleep. Okay. So the lead singer's yakking away, and all of a sudden we've just all burst out laughing, and and the lead singer thought it was because of what he was, the story he was telling, and this happened two or three more times before he started to realise something was going on behind him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's turned around, and the only thing behind him was the lead guitarist, and the lead guitarist 
appeared to be asleep. <laughs> but in effect, what was going on was while he was talking, the lead guitarist was waking up and making all these funny gestures. And so he had us all in stitches. And, and yeah, um, the lead singer still, I don't think he's sure whether we were laughing with him or at him. Or, or at him. Yeah, yeah, so. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah, there must be so many gig stories that, you know, um, over the years that it's probably just a little bit hard to choose, isn't it, as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm lucky with in, in that I've played with a lot of guys with great senses of humour. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of laughing um, and enjoyment. Um in, in most of the stuff I do, um, you know, um, Coffee Carrington, for instance, is a trio that I've got right now that um, that grew out of Sean Mac Trio, which was my original trio. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, Sean Mac Trio released an album called Hint of a Cool Breeze uh, some years just before COVID, I think. Um, but, you know, the, the premise for that whole band is that you know, we've got to be enjoying ourselves. We've got to be laughing and, you know, always cracking jokes. Otherwise, you know, the music's secondary to the just enjoying each other's company. Oh, look, I absolutely do believe that in a band situation or trio or duo, you have to like each other. Yeah. You yeah. know, you have to be able to have a laugh and not be too serious. Yeah. 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 So if you've got that, you're already winning, yeah. I believe. Yeah, and there's a time and place for seriousness and, yeah. you know, I, but still you, you do need to bring an amount of brevity to that seriousness as well, so. Yeah, and, you know, at uh, when you're playing a gig, the crowd can feel whether you guys are good mates or whether you don't like each other. You can quite clearly feel it. Yeah, know? well... It's funny. There's a the lead guitarist for Down Thunder right now. His name's Rod Thane. He um, master of the one line. Yeah. So both him and the drummer, you know, throughout the show, will be just cracking one liners. So, you know, and it, it it's never with any warning. You know, you'll finish a song. We'll all be looking at each other to start the next song, and then either him or the drummer, John Duffy, will pop out a one liner and. You know, it, it quite often leaves the singer in a position where he's trying to, to sing the lines without laughing his head off. But it, it, and you're right, it does transfer. People pick up on it. Absolutely. If you're having a good time, the crowd's having a good time. I firmly yeah. believe that. Yeah. So yeah. what's your favourite genre of music, Sean? It would have to be classic Aussie rock. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Bluesy rock, yep. You know, something that's cool and 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 rocky at the same time. Um, that that always, you know, the whole rose tattooish sort of ACDC. That sort of, you know, the classic example is um, rock and roll, like noise pollution. That you know, it's that laid back bluesy rock. Yes. That that just you know, you nod your head, tap your feet. It just gets you going. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Oh, there's nothing more than the energy, uh, you know, when you're with a rock band or listening to a rock band or participating in one. There's yeah. nothing like the energy of it. Once that drum beat gets going, 
Yeah. You know, and then the bass comes in and then the guitars come in. It's something else absolutely indeed, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And you, you've got to get your dimensions and your wings right in, in, in your band. You know, you need a front man who can take people's attention and hold it. You, you need a drummer that can hold everything together. Yes. And, and your wings need, you need to have a great bass guitarist and a great lead guitarist for wings on the side of the band to make it all fly. So, you know, and and in the middle of all that, there'll be a rhythm guitarist, hopefully, that's doing his job just sitting in the pocket with the bass guitarist holding down the bottom end. So Yeah, well, the, the rhythm section, so to speak, the drums, the bass and rhythm guitar, they're Ooh. so, so important to a band. And the yep. drummer probably especially too because he keeps the beat, he keeps the time. Yep. So yep. you don't want you want one that just wants to keep in his in the level area and not one that speeds up or slows down. Yep. So yeah, that is especially important. Um, so what instrument is it that you play for those people that don't know, Sean? At the moment, I'm playing um, an electric guitar. Um, in, in the bands I'm in. I've dabbled with harmonica and played drums before. Um, I played drums for um, a guy called Sean Madden for a while back in the, in the past. Um, and the bass guitarist's name was Mark Wallace. Um, those two guys had written some awesome songs. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to play with them for the duration that the band went um, after their first drummer left. Um, but yeah, I, at the moment I'm just really invested in the guitar. Um, it's, you know, something that I've, it's a discipline, you know, and it, and it takes a lot of work. Um, and it's not just something that you, you know, you can learn and then rest on your laurels with it. You, you know, you're, you're continually, you can, it's a, it's an instrument that continually challenges me. Yes, yes. And, you know, just when you think you've got one thing or the other worked out, it leads you to the next thing, which leads you to the next thing, which leads you to the next thing. So it, it's a constant um, instrument of growth. Um, takes, again, takes you down the rabbit hole quite often, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've, I've been, you know, fortunate with... Um, you know, a guy called Brent Den, who was the lead guitarist for the Radiators after Fess left. Um, he's, you know, he took me on as a student and, um, you know, it, it just the stuff that I've learnt from him, it's it just, it, you know, every, I've been going to see Brent now for probably four or five years as a student. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, sometimes, it feels like I've, I've never picked a guitar up before, you know, but there's a lot of times when I go there and he just seems to pick up things that I'm struggling with and knows how to help me get through them. Yeah. And that's a great teacher, isn't it? Yeah. And he's one of the, the few guys who's, who I found when he's teaching me, he innately you know, understands the pace that I need to go at. Okay, that's very important. Yeah, I, I, it's one of the reasons I think I've, I've been able to stay 
working with him as, as a student because he understands my my speed. You know, I've met some great guitarists who tried to help me play better, but it's always been at their speed. And you know, when you can't go at their speed, they get a little bit frustrated. And yeah, 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 yeah. So, what was uh, your teacher's name again, Sean? Brent. Brent Den. Brent Den. So we're giving him a big shout out as well. That's yeah. fabulous. Well, I hope you continue on with it because you can always learn something new from a good teacher and always improve yourself. I firmly believe that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so with guitar, what guitar brand do you normally play? Um, I've been fortunate enough to buy a variety of different brands. So I've got my main go-to guitar is a Fender. It's a 97 Stratocaster. Mm-hmm. American-made Stratocaster, and um, it um, actually speaking of Ray Falzen, it came to me through Ray Falzen. He he was the one that he got it, found it for me. Oh wow! Yeah. And it was it was one of those guitars because they're a personal thing. Guitars, you know, you can pick up a hundred guitars and not like any of them, and then you pick the next one up, and it just feels like an extension of your body. And that's that's what happened with this guitar Ray bought me. It just it felt like an extension of my body when I picked it up. Yeah, oh, that's and, fabulous, yeah. And I really haven't put it down since Ray bought it for me, so. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, and what colour is it? Uh, it was sunburst. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, some of the black around the edges is worn off and, you know, it's, it's the, the paint's cracked in places and it's got holes in it and <laughs> Well, that, that's the mark of a good musician is when his guitar looks like it's been played. Um, yes and no. Some people um, can play their guitars for their whole life and keep them looking brand new and some of them wear them in and, yeah, they get road worn. Um, yeah. the, the guitar Ray bought me, the funny thing with it is someone had damaged it, damaged the headstock and it, it had snapped Oy. before I got it. So... Mm-hmm. Um, a mate of mine out at Penrith, um, Alan Dean, he's a luthier. Mm-hmm. He he fixed it for me, and yeah, it, it's the it, he did a seamless fix on it. You know, it's just beautiful now. So it's amazing what some of those luthiers can do with a guitar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I've also got um, some Gibsons. I've got you know a couple of Les Pauls. Um, both Gibson and Esquire. I've got, um, oh, sorry, Epiphone, not Esquire. Yep. Um, I've got an SG. I've got a um, 335 copy. Um, yeah, a um, couple of Telecasters laying around the place. A myriad of acoustic guitars yep. from Martin's Courts. Um, yeah, quite a few different styles. Now, like BB King, does your yep. any of your guitars have a name? The very first guitar I bought um, was a, a no-name brand um, that's called Scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an old Casino was the brand name on it actually. One of the I've got a two thousand and four Fender that's called Alice. Okay, yeah. Um. That that was uh, when I bought it. It it's pretty much, yeah. I, it got the name over um, 
during COVID. I don't know how it ended up being called Alice. Okay. Um, not, not from the song. Living no, no, next no, door no, Alice. no. God, no, no, no. No, Just, no, no. <laughs> I, I wrote a, I wrote a, every day I wrote a, like a blog during COVID while we were in lockdown. Yep, yep. And when I talked about the guitar, for some reason, I just called her Alice. So, and it stuck. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. I love I love that, and I yeah. love when guitarists name their the ladies in their life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So your current band is Red Whiskey, as we said, and yep. uh, I've run into you guys at LA Studios a few times, and I've heard what you guys are doing in the rehearsal studio, and it's quite impressive. Yeah. So Thank you. you yeah, so for Red Whiskey, what's coming up? Right, well, the 1st of September, we've got the album launch. Um, the album was recorded in 2018 at the Bull and Bush, and we will be doing the album launch at the Bull and Bush. Oh, that should be an absolutely fun night. Yeah, so that's on the 1st of September. Um, and if any of you know who Vanquished are, um, a good mate of mine, Spider White, they're doing the support for us, so they'll open the show for us. Um, apart from that, you know, I've, I've got um, in September, I also have I run a charity event um, to raise money for Are You OK? A very, very worthy cause. Yeah, so that'll be on the 10th of September at Gaspara's Restaurant um, near Bankstown mm-hmm. on Henry Lawson Drive. But, yeah, the album launch, that's the 1st of September at the Bull and Bush. So, Well, I hope everybody can get along uh, to see you guys and support you and also support your worthy causes. Yeah. Yeah, good. What's on the drawing board for you uh, past your album launch? And the album launch, the album is called Live at the Bull and Bush. Yep. Yeah. And 2018, it was recorded, correct? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's great. So now I just want to talk about you've sent me a, a song off the album and it's called Eve of Destruction. And yeah, that, that was one of the songs that we recorded at um, a studio Um prior to 2018 um there was probably uh, half a dozen dozen songs that were recorded um none of them were really finished at any way in any way shape or form other than the three that made it to the end of the album so they the the live tracks there's seven live tracks and then there's three studio tracks that, that fill out the album and one of the songs that i chose for the listeners to hear was Eve of Destruction. Um, that was one of the songs that were recorded prior to the live album. So yeah. Okay. And just what do you or how, oh, how to say when you're recording a song and do you prefer to do it in the studio or did you really like it being recorded live at a venue? Um, they're two different animals. Um Having said that, you can go into the studio and record live. So, but um, when I did um, Hint of a Cool Breeze, um, that was at Twang and Bang Studios. Um, 
with Paula McMahon. That was that was all done. I did um I put down guide tracks and then we built that instrument by instrument. So I would play the rhythm guitar, then someone else came in and played the drums, the bass guitarist came in, then there was lead guitar put down, then the vocals were put down and then we went back and added other instruments, other effects that went on, you know, whereas in in some bands like ACDC are renowned for going into the studio and as a group and recording the song as a group. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it depends, I guess, on who your engineer is, how things get recorded. Yeah, so two, two, different, two different animals there, so to speak. Yeah. 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 But what is it you prefer to do? Do you, do you prefer to, to record in the studio as a live band or each track separately, as you mentioned, and layered them, layer them over? I don't have a preference really. Um, I enjoy both. Um, I have got an album um, that I recorded uh, live at Red Rock. Um, <clears throat> that was recorded at um, yeah Red Rock Studios in Gerwine. <clears throat> Um and that was done live. Um, so you know if if something went wrong, we were able to stop. But, you know, the three of us just sat there in the room looking at each other and myself, the bass guitarist and drummer, and recorded it live. So that was enjoyable. But I also enjoyed, you know, doing it the other way as well, where you build layer upon layer upon layer by doing it individually. Yeah, doing it individually as well, uh, from my perspective, you can get a little bit too pedantic because you're – maybe play the section and then you listen back to it and go, oh, no, I don't like that. And so you restart it again. <laughs> um, so there's always that danger too of getting a little bit too perfect, you know, to be too perfectionist about it. Well, you do have to be able to live with the product at the end of the day. And True. Um, probably the reason live at the um, – Live at Red Rock hasn't been released yet is that very reason is I'm still not ready to live with it yet. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's one of those albums. I, it still needs to grow on me a bit more before I release it. Whereas yeah. Live at Bull and Bush, that, um, you know, I, I took it over to Brent to have a look at. Um, he asked if he could... Um, master one of the tracks on or mix one of the tracks on there um and when it came back it was was chalk and cheese i couldn't believe how how much better it sounded after it had been mixed properly oh that's wonderful yeah yeah that 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 was why the whole album then got got done was because i could see the value in it and and it was something that i could live with yeah whereas you know hint of a cool breeze I don't think doing those songs live it would have worked the way I wanted it to. Um, I wanted to be able to put second and third guitar parts on the songs. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, again, each each album, you need to look at where you want it to end up to decide whether it's going to be something you want to record live in the studio or record over time in the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we don't have to wait too long uh, for that 
live at Red Rock to come out. That would be wonderful. So hopefully you can get that mixed, you know, by somebody and we can um, launch that soon. That would be wonderful, I reckon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so uh, before we move on to listening to your MP3 called Eve of Destruction, I'd just like to, like to ask you, who is the best live act that you've seen? ACDC. I don't have to think about that. Yeah, um, oh, that's wonderful, yep. Um, having said that, um, not Lady Antebellum, um, my partner and I went to see that because my, my partner really likes Lady Antebellum. They did a fantastic show too. Um, Leonard Skinner, when I saw them, they were awesome. But yeah, when I when I think about what's the best live act I've ever seen, it would going to see ACDC just stuck with me and it's stuck in my head and anytime anyone mentions live concerts it's the first thing I think of. And do you think that's because they were just so raw and so full of energy and just you know I recall a a story of Malcolm laying on his bed with his feet up against the wall just playing and playing and playing his guitar you know um, do you think it's because they're just ordinary boys who made it big through just passion and great music, of course. I think their music and their their lyrics empathised the zeitgeist. It was, you know, they they understood the energy around them. Yes. Um, and it was easy for a young guy growing up in the western suburbs to relate to what Bond was singing about. Um, and, and, um, Brian in the latter years. Um, so yeah, it's funny because I I go through phases with ACDC where sometimes I'll put on an album. It's like, it's the first time I've heard it. Then other times it's like, I won't listen to it for months and months and months on end. Yeah. Um, but having said that, in the last three or four weeks, I think I've watched about 10 DVDs of theirs and and re-listened to about half of the albums. So it, it, it's it's something that resonates with me. That's the style of music I write. That's, you know, Red Whiskey's written in that vein of ACDC, The Angels, Rose Tattoo. Um, you know, it's it's got that earthiness, that, that grittiness about it. Um, yeah, that, just... that's what I found listening to uh, some of your music as well. That it's that in that vein, and it's just so passionate too. You have a great passion, Sean, and yep. I hope you continue with that. And I hope you continue uh, songwriting as well and performing, of course. Yep. So now we're just going to take a moment, and we're going to listen to Eve of Destruction. Right. Of a thousand sleeping minds No one knew what they're dreaming And this was radical of times Are the 
I think that's an absolutely fabulous track and I wish you all the success with it and I hope that your album launch at the Bull and Bush Live on the 1st of September is going to be a rip-roaring success and actually I'm sure it will be. Thank you very much. Thank you. just on that track, what struck me was there's some really excellent lead guitar on there. Did you do – are you a lead guitarist as well? Uh, Brent Den. Brent Den. The lead guitarist on that for me. That was one of the surprises with the album. Um, Brent played for the radiators, I think it was nine years, I think, after Fest left. And then COVID stopped all that. Um, and then when it, when they came out the other side, they started working with another guitarist. Um, but yeah, in, in course of mixing the album, I went over to visit Brent to have a listen one day and, and he put the song on and a little while into the song, I'm thinking, there's another guitar on there. And then of course the lead break broke across the speakers and it's like, the, the, the bigger the smile on my face got, the bigger the smile got on his face. And then I sort of looked at him quizzically and he, and he nodded. He knew what I was thinking. And I just was so grateful that he'd, he'd, he'd gone and put that, the solo and, and some rhythm guitar on there as well. So. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's really a great track. I really love it. Mm. 
Okay. So is there anything else you would like to add to let uh, the <coughs> listeners know what's happening with you guys or with you personally? Uh, where else, apart from the Bull and Bush, can we expect to see Red Whiskey or your trio? Okay. Well, Red Whiskey, um, as I said, it's the 1st of September we're doing um, the Bull and Bush. The 9th of September we're up at Hornsby Inn and then the 10th of September we'll be doing a short set at Gasparo's. Um, you know, for people out of Sydney, we're at Bathurst in September. We're um, in Lithgow in October. Um, yeah, Long Jetty in December. Um, yeah, lo- we're lo- lots of different places. Um, we're up in Werriwa in December as well. Um, if you like your Aussie rock, um, Down Thunders at St Mary's Leagues on Friday night this week. We're playing at the Clarendon in September. Then we're out at Mudgee in September. Oh, Mudgee. That's a bit of a hike, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we're down in Kiama in October. Um, uh, they'll be at the Bull and Bush in November. Um, they'll be at the Coolabar in December. Um, and then Avoca Beach Hotel next year for Australia's Day. Um, Coffee Carrington hopefully is going to be doing a gig in October at the Railway Hotel. And um, where's the Railway Hotel? Whereabouts? That's at Windsor. Windsor, yes. And the other band, Big Steel, will be at the Commercial Hotel, um, probably at Lithgow. So that's wonderful. And all of these dates and venues are they on your social pages? Yes, um, you can find. Down Thunder, Red Whiskey, Big Steel, Coffee Carrington, all on Facebook. There's also Reverb Nation pages and there's um, YouTube pages. Um, yeah, so a lot of the, there's lots and lots of video on the YouTube two pages of Red Whiskey Originals and Coffee Carrington Originals. So, oh, that's great. It, you know, you've done so much, Sean, and like I said, I really hope that you continue to do that and put more albums out of your original music. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody's going to look forward to that. And yep. I just wish you all the luck and um, have a lot of fun at your at your album launch at the Bull and Bush on the 1st of September. Really appreciate it. I, I'm really grateful to you for also for asking me to do this interview. I, I really, really appreciate it, Christina. Uh, uh, thank you, and I appreciate you being my Crystal. first guest. Crystal, yeah, that's fine. All right, well, thanks very, very much, Sean. And um, hopefully we'll hear from you again. I'd love to interview, interview you again with uh, another album launch or another song even. Um, I was going to say, did you want me to send you one of the live tracks? Actually, yeah, that'd be great, and I'll just add it into in, into this interview. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I'm sure that everybody would love to hear it as well. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, everyone. That was Sean McCarthy from Red Whiskey, and we thank you very much, and good night, Sean. Thank you very much, Crystal. Thank you. And now here is Sean's other track he sent through for us. It's called Lonely Birds. I hope you enjoy. Oh, Borkham Hills, you're wonderful. 
wasn't that just a fabulous track? Thanks again, Sean, for sending it through so we could include it as well. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for joining me on this, my first episode of the podcast, Conversations with Crystal. We were joined tonight by the fabulous Sean McCarthy from Red Whiskey, Damn Good Rock and Roll. Please join us again next week when we have another special guest. Until then, everyone, stay not just awesome, stay cool and stay tuned. This is your hostess, Crystal, signing off. Good night. Thank you.